0: Today on City Cash Chicago. I'm gonna be real with you. I missed y'all. So I had to come back to shoot this shit on Friday with my homies, lead producer Gary Shepard and producer Simone Alisea. It's Friday, February 11th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is City Cash Chicago. All right. Another Friday. And today we are looking back on the week in Chicago with our amazing City Cash Chicago team. I'm joined by lead producer Carrie Shepard, producer Simone Alisea, and in the backdrop, you don't even know that they're there. roving producer Carly Jones. Uh, as always, I am your boy Jacoby Cochran, but I'm not in Chicago for this shoot the shit. I am on the border between Kentucky and Ohio rummaging for berries.
1: <laughs> what?
0: Uh, but because I've taken a few days off, I couldn't miss the opportunity to like look back on the week. I thought there were some amazing stories that I didn't get to comment on in the newscast, I had to read about in the newsletter, and I really wanted to talk to my producers. Uh, I can only go maybe one or two days uh, without talking to them, and I had hit my max. Uh, so, Carrie, how you feeling this morning?
2: I'm feeling fine. We miss you, too, obviously.
0: Oh, my geez. Simone, how you feeling?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Glad to be here.
0: Okay. Well... Uh, before we jump into it, things are starting to warm up, right? Uh, the snow is melting a little bit. The the city is saying, F Yo dibs, we're throwing all of this crap away. Um, <laughs> uh, we, we're not safe just yet, but, but you know, we had some some brighter temps this week. Uh, did either of y'all take advantage of the slightly warmer weather this week? And if so, what'd you do? Carrie, I'm going to start with you. Did you take advantage of the slightly warmer days
2: I did I did uh, yesterday I went on a very long walk uh, to wait for at the post office really fun and exciting actually to so ship, fancy. ship out some city cast swag to one of our great listeners okay. uh, we also have trivia questions in the newsletter that if you answer you get some cool city cash swag uh, and then just walked weaved my way through the back through the neighborhood back home uh, and it was lovely I was actually hot actually mm-hmm. like i was like wait d- turtleneck sweater and like puffy vest i'm actually hot it's funny how cold 30 degrees sounds coming out of like yeah. the summer you're like uh, and then all of a sudden you're like oh god it's 30
1: excellent i don't even need a coat
0: somehow did you do anything with your with your warmer 30 degree days
1: so I really didn't realize how much warmer it was because there's still snow on the ground, right? Like it's still... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's gross, but it's still there. And I went out to go to... I uh, I, I joined a rock climbing gym. Uh, and so I went out to go rock what? climbing. And we... Cool.
0: <laughs> we could, Where at?
1: In Uptown. In Uptown. Um, They actually have a location in Humboldt Park, Carrie, but... um, I know. Yeah, I know it. They, it's not
2: too far from... Yeah, it's right around the corner. Yeah. I, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and so... I took the bus to get there, and I had layered up. I had like fleece-lined leggings. I had a big puffy coat. I had a scarf, and I walk outside, and I'm like, "Oh, it's it's warm out here."
2: Jacoby, what's the what's the weather like there? And since Tucky, Ohio, <laughs> wherever you <laughs> yeah, are, since
0: Tucky, it is 50 degrees. So I dressed with I, I got on the plane with a hoodie and a pea coat on. Uh, it was already a bad choice because you know it wasn't hot or it wasn't cold on the plane. But I'm thinking I did not check the weather for some reason. I just was like, it's Ohio, the shit right. right there. Like it's gonna feel how it feels in Chicago. And then I got off and it was 50, and I walked out the airport like, what is going on? Like why I had to unlayer immediately. It, it was nice though. I'm I'm a middle of the pack kind of person. Give me some like. Like 40 to 70, that's my jam.
1: Well, because you like your layers. You like your layers. Yeah, I like my
0: layers. I I appreciate it, but I, yeah, I was uncomfortable when I got here. But every time I've gotten in like maybe three Ubers now, and the minute I like open my mouth, then, oh, you ain't in front here. Where you from? I'm going from Chicago. (laughs) Chicago, boy, you know where I'm from. There's a, a, a lot going on in, in the city this week, a lot of confusion, a lot of back and forth. Uh, so we're going to break down a couple of those stories. We're going to look at a top story, uh, one that uh, was a little underhyped in the end. Of course, we're going to send you into your weekend with some good news to get you through. Uh, Simone, I'm going to kick it to you first. Uh, what was the top story that really grabbed your attention this week?
1: Well, I think the thing everyone's talking about right now uh, is masks, <laughs> speaking of differing attitudes and and differing approaches. Uh, Governor J.B. Pritzker, of course, announcing this week that uh, he plans to lift the mask mandate by the end of the month, uh, assuming uh, COVID trends continue to improve. The mandate has applied to most indoor places, you know, bars, restaurants, grocery stores. Um, You know, I think notably there are a couple places that it doesn't apply to because of other things, but I think this is like a really big moment right now as we're coming out of the omicron surge and and into you know yet i feel like we say this so much (laughs) into this next phase of the pandemic uh going on three years here um uh, yeah a lot of a lot of confusion a lot of back and forth over this and just a lot of general strife over (laughs) mask wearing right now in illinois
0: do you think had that law that that judges sort of temporary restraining order on the mask mandate. Had that not happened, do you think Pritzker wouldn't have had to address masks this soon?
1: So that's a separate thing. That's sort of a or separate but related thing, right? So that ruling that you're talking mm-hmm. about a downstate judge um putting a temporary restraining order on the governor's uh mask mandate in schools specifically right. um saying that the governor doesn't have uh the the power to sort of mandate that statewide across school districts um which the governor is is appealing the state is appealing that ruling uh saying that yes we do have the power to do that and there's sort of right now a lot of uh different confusion happening among school districts uh, chicago cps for example maintaining its mask mandate students and teachers and staff still have to wear masks other suburban school districts um going more mask optional i don't know how much that that ruling in particular had to do with it i think this was something that was being talked about before that we've seen other democratic governors and other states recently lifting indoor mask rules so i suspect it had mm-hmm. more to do with sort of the tide of the conversation broadly in the u.s about masks and mask mandates specifically right now than the specific ruling uh, about the schools
0: mm-hmm. well uh- you know, even with the new rules, places where you have to keep your mask, where they're required, like schools, daycare, healthcare facilities, fed buildings.
1: Transit, you know, notably as well.
0: Yeah. Public transportation. Mm-hmm. Even though I've been I mean, I don't know what your bus experience was like, but the more pu- L's Metro I take, it's being a little less. You see a couple more people with no mask, a couple more people, a couple more people. Oh, really? And yeah. And so i am just I'm wondering, I mean, I think we're all pandemic fatigued a little bit. But I wonder if this because the CDC says this kind of goes against their recommendations right now. But it also feels like the governor's responding to that fatigue a little bit. Uh, Carrie, with mask mandates potentially coming down in, what is that, 17 days, are are you ready to go maskless again?
2: No. And I would push back a little. Um, and I think maybe, Jacoby, you're saying this like I, I I look at it two ways. I do think Governor Pritzker is going with the tide, like Simone mentioned, other blue state uh, governors have been making this move as well, but you know it's impossible to ignore the politics—the fact that we are um, launching into the gubernatorial campaign—and so Pritzker does have to appeal to beyond his blue Democratic base, frankly, who have been, you know, for the most part, lauding his his effort, lauding his efforts with the pandemic you know, focusing on the science, you know, listening to the public health experts. I would suspect he's feeling a little bit pressure to also respond to some of the redder parts of the state who will have to vote for a governor soon. Um, As far as ready, I mean, here's the thing, right? Who, no one's been enforcing it anyway for a long time. I mean, how many times have you been in the grocery store, in the last, you know, year, year and a half. I mean I'm rarely in the grocery store because I don't like going to the grocery store. But when I do have to go, I always see at least one person completely maskless. And when you tell somebody who works there, they're like, okay. Or someone in the line at Target, she's on her phone and her mask is on her chin. And I say to someone at Target, can you please ma'am, put up your mask. I mean Who is enforcing it? And to your point about public transit, I mean, bus drivers, train they're all fatigued as well with this. So they're sick of telling people to put up their mask over their nose and stuff. So as far as ready, no. And I plan to continue to wear my mask, (laughs) frankly.
1: (laughs) Well, and it's, you're talking about enforcement. I mean, we saw uh that story of someone uh in the city who was told went to into a restaurant without a mask. They told asked him to put it on. The guy came back through a brick through the window and threw snowballs Wiener at Circle, the staff, right? Yes, at Wiener Circle. Yes. Uh so, you know, you want to talk about enforcement like if I were working at Target, if I were working in the grocery store, I wouldn't want to enforce it either because I don't know what's, I don't know what that person's going to do. I don't want someone throwing a brick through my window. You know what I mean?
2: No, you're right. You're right. I mean, and you're right. It's a lot to put that on folks who are just trying to do their job. I'm more putting the onus on idiots who are not wearing their masks <laughs> when there's a mandate. Um, people in retail and the service industry have enough to deal with without trying to make people, you know, follow the follow the mandate. So yeah, I agree. I think it's really scary.
1: The other thing, I, other thing, I think it's worth pointing out too, right? The governor says that the reason that you know he's saying that the the masks can the mask mandate can go at the end of the month is because, uh, you know, COVID trends are improving. That case numbers are going down after the Omicron surge, and and more importantly, hospitalizations are going down, and that is true right? The, the numbers are looking better. I think what doesn't quite sit right with me about that is like, it, I, it, when things are getting better, is that a good enough reason to stop doing things that help us get better? That's like, it's like going to the gym at the beginning of the year and then stopping once that number on the scale goes down or stopping, you know, once you finally get the gains you wanted to get right. The, the point of it is you kind of have to keep doing it yeah
0: with all the talk of mass mandates this week it seems like chicago will likely follow alongside the governor uh, which has not been the case throughout the the pandemic they have been on different schedules so this is definitely something we're going to be covering if you want to look more into the specifics our fantastic newsletter writer sydney madden broke it down in our newsletter so go subscribe for that at chicago.citycast.fm slash newsletter and get the full skinny on where we are in masking in the state and the city
1: We'll be right back.
0: With all of those conversations dominating the landscape, you know, a lot of stories go under the radar, don't get as much attention as they deserve. And one of the things we love here to do at the podcast is to spread that light around the city. So lead producer Carrie Shepard, where are you shining that light for our folks today?
2: Um, I've been following WBEZ, my friends at WBEZ's reporting um, on a Aldi that actually abruptly closed an Aldi grocery store in West Garfield Park in the Madison Street um, commercial corridor there. It closed last fall because Aldi had said it was not, the store was not doing well. It wasn't turning profits. It had been operating at a loss for years, but what has What is new in the story now is that the city has said that they would purchase the building if another grocery store did not step up to buy it. They would purchase it with the promise to put a grocery store there. It also, there was more news because the only other like grocery store in the neighborhood that had fresh produce um, was a -a Save-A-Lot that was closed because the public health department said there was a rodent infestation. Yeah. Gross. Um, Ugh. that Ugh. gives you a sense and you know, we hear about food deserts in Chicago all the time. And that is this prevalence in neighborhoods that dis- neighborhoods that are disinvested, have disinvestment, that the just don't have the same resources, that those tend to not get your um, your Marianos and your jewels and your Aldi's and your Pete's, like it's, they don't, they don't go there. So it forces residents to a travel, which is difficult. Um, especially if you're older, it's difficult. Um, and it all, or it just forces them to have to buy their groceries at convenience stores, which is not healthy. It's not fresh. Um, but one thing about the city stepping in that WBZ has been reporting is that they actually did something similar to this in South Shore when the Dominics closed there, and Linda Lutton reported and uh, that that lot and site sat after the city purchased it sat vacant for years. So it wasn't like for they bought six it, years. Six years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's
2: nuts. It just it is a, it does shine a light also on you know all these other uh, the other activists and. Doctors at Rush um, came to support the community in West Garfield Park. It, you know, shines a light on, like, access to food is a human right. Access to fresh food is a human right. Access to bananas and fruit and vegetables and milk and eggs. Like, that's a human right, and you're taking that away, and that that's, and it's, you know, Aldi is actually, their headquarters is in suburban Chicago and Batavia, like, and it's you know it's a bit of a David a David versus Goliath where maybe the city has stepped in to help the community in the neighborhood, which is nice and refreshing to hear because the city doesn't always step in to help neighborhoods like West Garfield Park. Let's be honest.
0: If I can have three, four, five grocery stores within walking distance to my house, every neighborhood should be able to have four, or five grocery stores within walking distance to their house.
1: And I think the other thing to think about too, I think what's part of the reason that um, like what gets uh, bound up in all of this or mixed up in all of this, it's like, oh, well, Aldi said it wasn't doing well. So of course it's going to close. It's from a business standpoint, of course it's going to close its grocery store in in a place that's not that that isn't getting as high of traffic, but it completely ignores the reality of what a gro- like a grocery store is not a Starbucks, right? A grocery store is not uh, a rock climbing gym, for example. You know what I mean? Like a grocery store is, is not just a business that sort of, ele- like not just a business that elevates a community. And those are important and these neighborhoods need those too. But a grocery store is even more basic than that. Like even more fundamental and necessary. Totally.
2: More than a rock climbing gym, maybe.
1: More than a rock <laughs> gift, I think. <laughs> yes. I'm, I think that's safe to say.
0: Uh, every Friday we want to, well, every show we want to leave y'all with some good news Ooh. to send you into the rest of the day, send you into your weekend. Uh, So lead producer, Carrie Shepard, hook us up. What's your good news for the people this week?
2: I'm writing good news. I'm writing my good news from last last weekend, actually, where um, speaking of masks being removed and things kind of changing and moving in a different direction, I spent the weekend with four of my closest girlfriends, three of my closest girlfriends uh, in Lake Geneva, and it was magical. It was magical to be like... You know, lying on a couch, you know, laughing, and I was like, "Oh my God, our faces are so close together. It's it's amazing. <laughs> like how we're breathing on each other, and you know, like having having drinks, and you know, it just being in the same house for that whole weekend, and it felt, it felt normal, and it felt, it felt fun, and if you know, it, it it felt hard, but it also It just felt like things are maybe heading in a different direction.
0: Well, Carrie, I'm glad you got to enjoy some time away with the peoples. Uh, Simone, what is your moment of joy this week?
1: My good news this week, um, as I mentioned, I joined a rock climbing gym, which has been really fun. It's something I did in Seattle uh, very occasionally, and it's something I'm now trying to do more regularly. Uh, The gym is called First Ascent. They have a few locations uh, around Chicago, and it's just been like... I basically since I moved back to Chicago, I've been more or less sedentary <laughs> as far as like I don't really work out at home and uh just been so busy with the podcast and trying to like get my life settled. And so it's been very fun and very difficult to like move my body again in in ways that it hasn't moved in a very long time.
2: It's because we work at home. You don't. You're yeah, not exactly. Forced to get up and walk to the bus or train. Yeah, stop. yeah. And you're not walking around the office. Yeah. It's it's totally it's it's so different.
1: But I am pleased to report when I went this week. Uh, I, so I took like an intro class last weekend, and then I'm pleased to report when I went this week, I had five sends, which means I completed five c- climbs from from bottom to top oh cool uh yay I, there were several others that i did not complete either because they were too high or they were too hard uh but i completed five five easy ones and so i'm very quite proud of myself for it
0: is it like a is it like a big wall or is it like a you know oh. kind of like a typical wall like is it a?
1: I don't know what you mean by typical wall, but it's it's big. I mean it's. I think it's. Well, you know, uh, some places nine, only
0: have like a two story joint, because or like a one story joint, because it's can't. nine
1: thousand square feet of it's nine thousand square feet of of climbing, which is that's the smallest gym. Like the bigger there's there's a they do have a ropes gym in Avondale, um. But what I'm doing is just bouldering, so it's just there's no ropes or anything. There's no harness. You just climb. Oh. Um, But they they have like a big overhang if you want to do like inversions and they've got some that are really tall and some that are more lateral and oh yeah and they like rock climbers are so funny because there's like so much specific rock climbing training you can do like they Mm -hmm. have these little things where you can hang from your fingers to to build up your finger strength ooh Uh, that's some American
0: Ninja Warrior shit I can't get (laughs) that
1: I don't do that nonsense I've just tried to scamper up some rocks yep Jacoby
2: what is your good news to get the people through?
0: My good news is that my story, Rich City Skater, uh, was not only published in a local stories anthology, True Stories About Love, but we're having a book release, a virtual book release this Sunday, uh, February 13th, that everybody can attend, and I'll be performing the story. Uh, and I'm getting some warm up here in Cincinnati, and I'll be. <laughs> <a tucky>. <laughs> Performed at Memorial Hall last night. I'll be performing at Memorial Hall this night. Just getting the story ready for people. And then when I do it on the Facebook event, hopefully it will be uh, its best. I think it's a perfect story for February because it is one part love, right? The love for my family, the love for roller skating, the love for this institution that we all built. And it's one part black history because roller skating in North America in Chicago is a deeply black art form. While so many people do it, roller skating rinks became these like safe havens for black folks throughout great migration. And so you saw these cultures popping up around the country. And one of the things I talk about in the story is being at this national party where you have roller skaters from new york and new jersey doing new york trains you got people from philly doing fast backwards where everyone is is rolling backwards but they're going at a breakneck speed detroit has a style style called the ballroom uh and it is very similar to their stepping style where it's a very classic um atlanta has the jackknife uh and chicago has james brown skating jb skating it is without a doubt the smoothest coolest roller skating style in the country. Uh, and and so it's just this mixture of like black history, my love for roller skating, and then this evolving family dynamic as we work to, you know, grow this business. Um, yeah, so I, I hope people will join to listen to the story. I absolutely love telling it. Um, I, I think you'll get a really good sense of like what roller skating in Chicago looks like uh, and, and how much people... Um, have have grown up doing it, especially myself and my family. So, that's my moment of joy. Come out to the the storytelling virtual performance this Sunday. If you're in Cincinnati, you can see me tonight at Memorial Hall. Uh, if you're in New York City, you can see me performing at the Marion Anderson Theater next Thursday night uh, with Rich City Skater So, uh, I'm taking this thing online on the road for y'all. And of course, you could you could buy the book, um, but yeah. So so that's my moment of joy.
2: You can read a little taste, get a little taste of the story in today's newsletter as well, mm-hmm. the CityCast newsletter. Yeah.
1: And on top of all that, uh, we've been talking about love stories in the newsletter and in advance of Valentine's Day. You know, we're also going to have love stories on the podcast. And I just want to, I just want to take this moment to put out another plug to our listeners. We ask this a lot, but I, I need you to know, like, how much we really, we really appreciate it when you do this. We really would like to hear your love stories. Please leave us a voicemail. You have no idea how much joy it brings me. I sit with the Google Voice tab open all day, <laughs> just refreshing, waiting to see new voicemails. We have gotten some really nice like. ones. We have gotten
2: some good ones. We, but have. we need more.
1: Thank you to everyone who has. Thank you to everyone who has texted us or who's called us. But seriously, please. Call us and leave us a voicemail with your love story. I'd love to put you on the podcast uh, and and hear, and we want to hear your stories, want to hear about how you've fallen in love in the city, want to hear how you've fallen in love with the city. Whatever you got for me, I want to hear it. So you can call us. It's 773 780
0: 0246. Another Friday on CityCast Chicago. And again, I'm so glad that I got to spend it with lead producer Carrie Shepard. Producer Simone Alisea, our amazing roving producers joining us from Houston, Carleon Jones, and now from L.A., Natalie Rivera, and the person feeding all five of us the news from the day, the week, the month, the year, newsletter writer Sidney Madden uh you know this show wouldn't be what it is without the music the little stingers you hear every single week so we got to give a shout out to sam trump and mark greenberg of the mayfair workshop uh shout out to headquarters shout out to all of the people who arrive for city cash chicago and listen to us every week who send us voicemails who send us texts who make us part of their their daily routine It, it means so very much to us um you know i'll talk to you on monday peace
2: Hey! Oh, hello. Hello. Hello.